Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson, and joining us today is Sprott Money's Brandon Green. Brandon, thank you for joining us today. Good to be here, Maurice. Brandon, today I'd like to discuss with you the value proposition before us with regards to precious metals. You know, we're in a bear cycle during a secular bull market. This is a great time for value investors to be in precious metals. I'm frequently asked from investors, what should I get? Gold, silver, platinum, or palladium? I share that they're all on fire sale, but the white metals are much more appealing to me because they are selling at a much greater discount than gold. If you would, share with the listeners the gold-silver ratio and how they can apply it to their portfolio. Well, yeah, no problem at all. Well, if you the gold-silver ratio, it's 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 really simple in its terms, as it says, right? It's uh, how many ounces of silver you need to buy an ounce of gold. Now, there's a lot of different historical uh, scenarios and uh, research on this, and currently it's about 80 to 1. Actually, it's a little bit over that today. Um, if you go back centuries, uh, there's a lot of suggestion out there that it's 15 to 1 because that's the amount that comes out of the ground of silver, 15 ounces of silver for every ounce of gold. Um, now, with today's paper markets, obviously these, this thing is going to be skewed um, any different way, and it can go any other way. But typically what you've seen in the past uh, recent history, you've seen uh, when gold and silver have hit this 80 to 1 range, it's kind of uh, it's, it's, it's a resistance level for that matter, right? It's, you, it, it doesn't really want to go too much further. And I think it's only, it's only been a few times in, in history where it's actually been more than that. One was the Great Depression, and um, there was one other one, and I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, or World War World War Two, I believe that's when it hit uh, about a hundred to one. So, are we on a break of World War Three? Some people say yes. I mean, they've been saying that for many years. But that being said, at the eighty to one level, if you're looking to, and and your first question was, you know, yellow metal, white metal, the white metal looks a lot more less risky, more promising than the yellow. So if, if history repeats itself, which many times it has, you might see this come down. So that means silver will either have to rise faster than gold or drop less. So either it's less risky or more promising. Whatever way you want to look at it, if you're, if you're choosing between these metals, silver appears to be the better buy right now. You know, you make some great points there. And just for listeners, for clarification, we're advocating that you do own all of the precious metals that we re referred to just a second ago, gold, silver, platinum, palladium. But we're just validating a very important point here is the ratio. Uh, as Brandon, you just alluded to, that silver ratio right now is very much skewed in favor for a value investor to take the, the opportunity here to really get a good position in silver. So thank you for clarifying that. You know, Brandon, I, I want to uh, ask you a question regarding ETFs. If a person owns an ETF, is that the same as which? And, and let me clarify that an exchange traded fund is that the same as owning bullion? Well, no, it's not. It's the same. It's well, you do have a. It's a promise of bullion. I mean, you're owning an instrument that uh, that has bullion, but backed behind it. So theoretically, yes, you can redeem your unit for bullion. Like theoretically, you can redeem any mutual fund for maybe the shares in the background. Some will let you, some won't. It just depends on the way the structure is and whether it's a public or private sale. There's a lot of different factors. Mm -hmm. um, an ETF will track bullion because uh, they most, some, some are questionable, 
do have the bullion backing them. Uh, that being said, you do have, have a lot of risk you got to consider, right? You have your, your brokerage, you have the manager, you have the depository, uh, a lot of different, and maybe where the country it's being held. Uh, there's a lot of different risks in between. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, you do own it, and that's great. You get low spreads if you're going to be doing tighter trading, maybe a day day trading, obviously, but for maybe even a couple of weeks, that might even be better. But in the long long haul, and to lessen your risk, it's it's much more reasonable to actually go into the physical metal, um, holding it at home or at a depository, um, as the fees do add up in those in both areas. Uh, but in the end, your the risk you're taking mm-hmm. uh, by by going into the ETFs and getting the lower fees, uh, it may not outweigh the 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 risk you're you're eliminating by taking into your hands or going into a, a private bullion storage. And often, the some storage after storage after after you know five years or so, you're going to be cheaper. And, and better off uh, than any than many of the ETFs out there. Thank you for clarifying that. You know, one of the things that really concerns me about ETFs is that you can't redeem. That is critical because the, the strength is in ownership. And so you're basically having a derivative of the metal, per se, because you actually never get to own it. Um, but I tell you what, is it, um, Brandon, I think you have some interesting news regarding one of the ETFs, uh, BlackRock, physical ETF. Well, yeah, if everybody, um, if they've been watching some of the news lately, the BlackRock ETF, the IAU, had to suspend any unit creation. So to give, to give a little bit of background, I mean, as, as major, major investment houses sell these ETFs to their institutions, like funds, or they sell it to individuals, they can buy it on the free market, or they, can, they, have, a, they have a deal directly with BlackRock where units can be created um, just like a mutual fund unit can be created, some ETFs are closed, and, and this is why, and they're, and they're created in a way where it, it keeps the fees down. That's why ETFs exist. So there was so much demand that they couldn't source the physical in time to actually keep up with the unit creation, which, I mean, is obviously great for, for the physical holders or, or the investors in any gold in any, in any sort of way, but especially the physical. So they had to, they had to stop that. But what's interesting is that they actually just uh, went out and purchased, uh, instead of purchasing the actual shares, they went out and purchased the GLD for the fund. So that's another ETF. So now they started purchasing, an ETF started purchasing another ETF. So if you go back to talking about, you know, fees and so forth from there, you got an ETF charging fees owning another ETF charging fees. So it's just going to track less or bleed fees even more than owning each one of them individually. Now, you might think one's better than the other, IAU or GLD. And, I mean, you can search the Internet and speculate all you want on how much these DTFs hold and, and what they can do because there's a lot of um, reports and, and, and items done on the prospectuses. But now you have this. They can't get the physical, and they're buying another ETF that supposedly has physical, and in the end, the person that loses is the client. So that being said, that's great for physical holders uh, all across the board. Well, I, you know, I'm shaking my head here in disbelief because it sounds like two inverted pyramids being stacked upon one another, Some, somewhat like the Bretton Woods uh, monetary system we once had, and it, uh, it, it, it went to shambles. 
Yeah, so it be it would definitely behoove any listener if you do have a position in these ETFs to do your due diligence and uh, re-listen to this recording, but then also make the prudent decision of getting the bullion in and of itself. Uh, switching gears here, Brandon, let's discuss diversification. Okay. I believe a prudent action for all investors is diversification, but not in the traditional sense. You know, we know diversification for as investors. We usually define that being germane to mutual funds. Brandon, share with the listeners what truly represents diversification. Well, there's different types of diversification, right? You can diversif- diversify by asset class, asset type, uh, geographic location, uh, a lot of different, a lot of different ways. And you know, a lot of people say, you know, you want to hold five percent precious metals, twenty percent precious metals, um, depending on who you talk to. I mean. Now might be the time to go a little bit more. I mean, everybody's a little bit different, but diversification in the precious metal space could also mean country diversification. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means uh, if you're a client, I mean, uh, if you, and you have a large enough holding, you might want to put your bullion in different uh, countries to limit your risk. Absolutely, and that's something you have to you have to think about. Um, I mean. Most of our we're a company based in Toronto. We do business all over the world, uh, but well over ninety percent of my U.S. clients uh, have their bullion held in our Toronto private vault. Um, it's because they want to diversify out of the country. Now, if they get uh, enough bullion where they want to open up another location, I have some that have it in Toronto, Cayman, Singapore, you know, all the different locations. Mm-hmm. As they just want. They just feel that's more safe, and that makes sense. It makes complete sense. Um, none of them are in banks, which is which is great. I mean, the first the, the first item is you know obviously do a private holding, but you want to, if you want to geo diversify your risk, and that's that is that's what you got to do. You got to go in different countries. And um, that being said, you know you can do that for your regular portfolio too. I mean, there's a lot of limitations now uh, with the U.S. government and and you know diversifying your actual financial assets, your 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 stocks and, and foreign financial accounts. I'm not talking about your bullion. Bullion held directly is not reportable, as you know, but you know, it maybe you want to diversify in your real assets. And that being that being property too, right? So diversification you gotta look in, into more so than just the type of uh, industry, as opposed to you got to look into the, the actual locations. Yeah, that's such a prudent uh, prudent move for any investor to do. Because if you think about it, if you have everything just in one country, and you know, I'm we're, I'm U.S. and you're Canadian, but if you had everything in that country, just imagine if there is a collapse in the monetary system, what would happen, or banking system directly, what would happen? There would be complete freeze, capital controls. And you will then be in a tight squeeze. And this is one way, as you mentioned, Brandon, geo, geo, geographical uh, diversification is a very, very prudent move. So listeners do take advantage of, of the opportunities that are offered here with Sprott Money. Brandon, in closing, let's discuss some retirement uh, accounts here. Um, right. You know, we hinted on it in our last interview. How can investors get precious metals into their pension plan via a self-directed IRA? Yeah, it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing way to uh, to to put to hold bullion in your retirement accounts. I mean, a lot of clients, you know, they do hold. They, you can hold your ETFs in these in your IRAs with your broker um, anywhere in the United States. Uh, it, it, mutual funds, 
different types of IRAs. But going back to what I was saying in the beginning, you have all of those different risks, right? Mm-hmm. You have your broker risk. You have your your manager risk, uh, custodial, all that kind of stuff. With self-directed, you remove a lot of that. Um, you, you Basically, you only have one person in between you, and I mean, well, the depository and your, and your custodian that you've opened it up with. Mind you, the depositories that we use aren't banks, so you're limited. So that, that risk is limited. Mm-hmm. So you actually can own physical bullion through, you have to open up the custodial account. I mean, this is an IRA. It's a, it's a you know, it's still run. It's still, you still have it. It's still kind of within the tax system, but you, you're limiting a, a significant amount of risk and holding it in a private vault. And, being, and that being said, you can actually hold it outside of the United States. Uh, we, we have plenty of clients moving a lot of their bullion into the private vault in the Cayman Islands. It's been a fantastic partnership. We have a lot of our clients opening up with our partner, New Direction IRA, where they open up the account. They actually have to open up the account with them because they're the, they're, they're the self-directed uh, institution that does that. We then put bullion into the Cayman, an SWP Cayman, where we have uh, a partnership there, and they hold their IRA bullion there for as long as they want. And that has been and that sits there, and they can hold bullion there. And they can actually go there and take it out at fair market value at any time in the future. That's amazing. So if they know they're going to, if they're going to retire there, or they just, they, you know, they want to get it out of the country, because you never know what something happens within the American government and uh, some assets, some or the asset market and everything, they're doing funny things with paper and money. Well, at least you have bullying outside of the country, right? It's protection in a way. I mean, you're not fully protected. It is, it is still reported as an IRA, but you still have a lot of limiting, a lot of risk and have it outside. And um, that's something definitely I've been working with a lot of clients about. A lot of U.S. clients are moving their bullying to that, to that location. It's, well, I, uh, it's pretty incredible. What I like, the, the main feature is that you, you've, you've hit on it several times here is you're, you're converting your currency into money. That's such a, a wise move, you know, as, if, as you've mentioned before earlier. Most, um, if you have a financial planner, any financial planner worth their value and merit will tell you that you should have it at least five to ten percent in precious metals. This is a way you can accomplish it. Yeah, it's safe storage. It's geographically diversified, and it's it's part of your portfolio. What a great way to do it with a trusted name and spot money. I don't think you you are the preeminent name, preeminent name, I should say. In, in regards to this, uh, with the, the diversification that you have from the segregated and allocated votes, well, it doesn't get any better. If I if I can say, like any financial advisor, yes, I mean I'm hoping they would want to do that. And but if you look at right now, I mean yes, to always ten percent, right? Always ten percent. That's fine. If you're just going to sit there and invest in the broad market, the SPX, SPY, and hold a little bit there. And just sit there. That's fine. But if you, if somebody who has a little bit more of the knowledge and wants to get a little bit more active, I mean, right now, if I showed you two lines, and one was going from the bottom uh, charts, mind you, one one line was going from the bottom left to the upper right, and one was going from the upper left to the bottom right. That means one line was going was on its way up for the past five years. One line was on its way down. The line on the way up is the broad market. Right, S&P, uh, Nasdaq, whatever it might be, the line coming all the way down is the commodity market. Now, if you want to buy high and 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 go high and go higher, 
and you diversify, right? You want to diversify. So you're going to have a little bit in the SPX, SPY, a little bit in commodities. If you're going to, if you're going to put 10% in the thing that's the, the item that's low and 90% that's high and hope that, you know, that's going to continue to go higher, it, 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 you really got to think about what's going to happen. You got to invest in what's low. You want to buy low. You don't want to buy high. So 10% right now is probably it may not may not be the the right thing to do. You may want to go. You may want to go to 50%. I'm 100%. I'm not. Uh, you know, you can do what you want. But if you want to think about what's high right now and what's actually kind of topping out, if you look at the financial markets, <laughs> you know, and normally right now we'd be getting bull runs and that stuff. You know, you want to think about, you know, you want to buy low, sell high. Don't don't chase the trend that's been happening for the last five years. Be smart. Well, you couldn't have ended it any better than that. Uh, you know, Brandon, if listeners have more questions regarding bullion and IRAs and uh, storage, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, they can contact us here or me at 888-861-0775. Generally, here regular business hours uh, Eastern time. Okay, and they can email me at B is in Brandon, green like the color, so that's B Green at SprottMoney.com. Brandon Green, Sprott Money. Thank you for joining us so much today, sir. All right, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Take care. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.